Bush and Ridgie here with your Home Time Show podcast. Uh, good to have you on board. We've got a great little show ahead for you, including uh, Charlie with his uh, shepherd's pie and a wok recipe. So make sure you listen out for that. But before we get stuck into that, can I tell you something that I'm incredibly jealous of on our street? I don't know if you ever get see someone on your street and think, oh, I'd love one of those. Every night I'm sat here around about this time as it starts to get a bit darker, looking into the house kind of directly across but to the right. And he's got a projector, this fella. Oh. So I think he's watching Deep Space Nine or some kind of sci-fi, but he's projecting it onto the entirety of his lounge wall, and it looks flipping fantastic. He had the football on the other night. I think when the Arsenal game was on in the background and you were trying your best to concentrate, I could see what was going on because Matey Boy had it beamed onto the wall. Now, you see, there's the thing. There's the thing. I think I, too, would would covet the projector. It's cool. It's great. You'd, I, I'm sitting here right now thinking, would I watch films on it or would I use it to watch uh, the football? However, the forgotten part of it is it's all very well and good getting your projector. Have you got a nice, plain, white wall for it to work with? That's a good point. He's used. He's obviously cleared that wall, and he's he's just using the wall there. But can't you get like one of those pull down whiteboards that they have now in schools? I think I might have right. to get a projector. Right. Let me just pause you there for a second, right? Because here's two things. I don't want to be that person putting obstacles in the way. But if you've got a plain white wall, you may also have another half who's going. I think a frame would look good there. <laughs> and the same problem comes with getting the pull down projector. Do they really want a pull-down projector in the lounge going with the rest of the mood of the room? So is this too late, Richie? The cat's out of the bag with this one. It's turned into my alt-tab thing. I don't know if anyone else got an alt-tab, which is the, the thing that you look at because you're n- nosing around about potentially purchasing or fantasising about purchasing. <laughs> but you alt-tab it back with your work screen. That's what I'm going to be doing during the next show. This is how this radio station works. You get yourself up and going with the Dave Berry Breakfast Show. Finish your work and have your tea with home time. That's how it works. We're one big family on this radio station. And it was an honour, with this in mind, to be invited on the Dave Berry Breakfast Show this morning uh, to talk about the bench that I saw on South End Seafront. This is what happened this morning on the Breakfast Show. So your tweet reads... Sounds like a strange thing to say, but... And then we head into all caps territory, Andy Bush. Oh, yeah. What a lovely bench this is. Rarely (laughs) do you see a brand new bench. Hashtag bench. So there's me getting all excited about, oh, Dave and that want me on to talk about the brilliant new bench I saw. And it was just a ruse. Uh, They wanted me to hand over my cool badge because it was Hand Your Cool Badge Wednesday or whatever they call it. Just a complete, an absolute ambush. And, I, and again, Emma Jones is the reason she dobbed me in, which, which I'm still quite cut up about. The reason I was so excited to talk about the whole new bench thing is genuine question. When do you ever see a new bench? Mate, I, I, I have to support you here and I'll go and wrestle that cool badge back under the darkness of night. Thank you. I, I, don't, I don't know when I've ever seen a, a, a new bench. Normally they're, you know, they're weathered and, and soiled and scratched and they've got a plaque on and all that kind of thing. When yeah, I say soiled, not- I don't mean in that way, but... Well, I, I have been round wear, and there are some problems. Uh, but look, you're right. They're normally all grimed up, that kind of thing. And I'm sure if I walked down there now, it would all be back to grubby and normal. But for that one split second, for that one moment, I saw that newly installed bench. And I felt like I peered round the curtain, the veneer of the normal workings of the world, and, and saw what was going on. I love those moments where you catch the world out. For example, see a digital alarm clock change its number. Have you ever spotted that and gone to yourself, ah... <laughs> Or witness streetlights turn on. 
You ever seen that on the motorway before? Like, whoa, hey, hold on a minute. I've just seen that. I've spotted it. It's, it's the kind of like life equivalent of just catching a view of the microphone boom dropping into view on a soap opera. Do you know what I mean? One of those moments. I think I had one happen to me this morning. You, you tell me if I'm right or wrong here, but um, staying at my dad's flat just for a few more days whilst uh, some building work goes on at home. And uh, it's in Pimlico in London. Uh, the number 24 bus, the 24 to Pimlico, I see it so often. They go by like London buses. You know the catchphrase. But I saw it coming around the corner because obviously it terminates here. And as it was turning around the corner, the little blind on the front was changing as the driver was driving because, of course, he'd got to the end of the route. And I saw it change from Pimlico to Hampstead Heath to go back the other direction. I thought to myself, ah, right, yeah, of course, because it's got to change. That's it. You've caught the world out. It's almost I like caught the gone, world ah. out. You caught the look. John here tweets to say, "I was parked in the DFS car park and I saw the staff removing the winter sail banners before quickly replacing them with spring sail banners." But for a short time, I was the only person in the world aware that there wasn't a DFS sail on. He's caught the world he, out. He caught the world out. I love this. This is such a moment in in like moment in the universe. Uh, Claire has just said that her son has worked out that at the end of a live lesson with any of his teachers on Teams, he can see his teachers' first names <laughs> via the chat function messages. He spent an hour yesterday looking them all up. I, it just takes me Aww. back when we were at school, Bush. Like there was no way of working out your teacher's first name. You just had to like listen when the staff room door opened every now and then. That, for a kid, is like a, an enigma intercept during the Second World War. You'd be tempted to go, all right, Vanessa, as she walks past or something like that. Uh, Gary Scott has tweeted to say, driving slowly about three months ago, I managed to watch the mileage go from 99999 to 100,000. My mind was blown. Oh. Oh. He's caught the world out. He's caught the world out. Uh, Michelle, what have you spotted? I was uh, working from home and I went for a walk on my lunch break with my daughter because uh, she's been uh, working from home as well. And um, they'd just done the road surface and they were painting the yellow lines on the road and we just stood there instead. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? You never, you never really see that kind of stuff happen, do you, at all? Actual seeing the actual road markings being painted. They're normally just there, aren't they, Michelle? I know, and they're going to be there forever now. And we saw it happen. That's deep. That's deep. And, and actually, as an aside... Road markings being put down. It's actually quite a cool thing to watch. I know, yeah, it was amazing. I guess I'll do it again. Fantastic. Well, let us know. If you see the next one, we'll all meet up. <laughs> Will do. Thanks. Loving your work, Michelle. Keep us posted. Right, let's go to Phil. Phil, how have you caught the world out? Uh, so back in the day when you used to go to McDonald's uh, or other fast food joints, uh, as they'd, they'd flip the menu round at the end of breakfast and for a split second, there was no food in the world. And that's a sad moment I don't think we'll get anymore. There's a little glimpse you, behind the scenes. You were almost in the twilight zone between two different eating times then, Phil. Exactly that. You were stuck in no man's land of no food. I can't help but think of Michael Douglas in Whammy Burger uh, in Falling Down, one of my favourite films of all time. And he had a similar problem. It went, it went south very quickly. I'm so sorry. I'm too young for that reference. Oh, absolutely <laughs> brutal. Brutal there from Phil. Ouch. Oh, you need to, you're right to do evening, the rest of the show on your own, mate. I, I totally feel your pain. This evening, on behalf of Richie and I, uh, Phil, can you please rent, uh, or sorry, digitally download onto your cloud, uh, Falling Down, and watch it, because it's a fantastic film, and come back to us tomorrow. Would you do that for us, please, Phil? Yeah, it's on the list. There's nothing else to do, so, yeah. 
I can do that. Good How old are you, Phil? I'm just checking your uh, your age because it's 18 certificate. <laughs> uh, I'm 28. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm just not quite oh, as old man. as um, some people on this call. All right, Phil. That's all the right. End get of it. Off. Thank you very much, <laughs> uh, Mark. Tell us what you spotted. I used to work for Ocado in Hartford. So I used to work in their head office, and there was like um, a fountain in like a shared courtyard where you could go and have your lunch. Mm. And uh, I was sat having lunch one day. And it was kind of covered in slime. It had, like, walls, and it was all slimy. And I'm sitting thinking, why is one side of the, the walls all sort of clear and not covered in algae? And I was sort of pondering this. And then in the middle of having my lunch, a sort of sea monster-type guy just sort of popped up out of the middle of the lake with a sort of pack on his back and what I can only describe as a sort of industrial case of jet wash. And he then started sort of spraying the walls he hadn't done. And then popped back under the water. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's cleaned with a, with a guy in a diving suit underneath the water. <laughs> so there you go. You, you have, you've peeled back and peel, peered behind the curtain of life and seen its inner workings <laughs> yeah, there with a fellow with a kerchief washer. It was definitely that. What was strange as well, there was no other witnesses. So, <laughs> so I finished my lunch and came in and said, I've just seen a diver in the lake outside while I'm having my lunch, which, as you can imagine, <laughs> uh, <laughs> colleagues were too convinced. So I had to sort of well, take that one home with me. <laughs> That's what you think you saw, because you saw the guy come out of the lake, but you never saw him then leave the lake and go home in a van or anything. Maybe he actually just is no, actually no, some... He went, he went back underwater before I finished yeah. my lunch. He, he it's a mystery. He could still be in there. This, this is a really good point. This is a really good point. But whenever these things happen, and, and this is borne out by other people who got in touch with the show this evening, you only ever see these things on your own. So you, you've got no one else to, to witness yeah, it or yeah, back you up on it. Do you know what I mean? That's how it works. Yeah, that was definitely the case on this occasion. So I'm hoping you guys believe me. Just about. Yes, yeah, so-so. <laughs> now, this time yesterday, uh, a star was born. Uh, he's called Charlie, and he was on the show telling us uh, about how he makes a shepherd's pie in a wok. <laughs> now, uh, it... it caused wonderment for Bush and myself and it's fair to say uh, during the rest of the show and all evening you guys were getting in touch uh, and with Charlie uh, just absolutely astonished at his claim. Bush has some really big news for us which is going to excite us all about the development over the last 24 hours. You're going to love this, right? We've had so many messages about Charlie and his unique way of cooking shepherd's pie in a wok uh, that Charlie is going to be, and this is a uh, world first, he's going to be revealing the recipe on home time just before six o'clock. So make sure you keep listening. Charlie is going to share his shepherd's pie in a wok recipe with you. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. But it did, it did make us think, right? So, like, he's using a, he's using a wok, to make a shepherd's pie. No one else does this in the world. There might be a reason for it. We'll discover before six. Um, but we did want to hear from you this evening. If if you use something for a completely different purpose for what it's designed for. At the moment, right, I bought one of those really, really, really giant shoehorns uh, that an elderly person might have to help them put on some shoes. I bought the really uh -huh. giant one that you wouldn't have to bend down for. Uh, uh -huh. And I you. I use it to get things out from under the sofa. I've not put a single shoe on with it. I bet it's got a really weird name now as well, called like the Tommy Whacker or something like that. That's just a Tommy Whacker. <laughs> the giant horn I go with, it makes me chuckle every time. Thank you very Give much. Give me the giant horn. 
no, I'm fine. Let's just play some songs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got this collection of lovely um, coconut bowls that are all eco-friendly and all that kind of stuff. They're mainly for like having ramen and all that kind of thing. And they're lovely. They're made by a lovely lady called Danielle who lives just around the corner from us here in Leon C. I use them pretty much three or four nights a week for board game counters. They, I, I just, there's something about them. I absolutely love them, but they're perfect for putting little tiny. If you've got to organize the cows for a board game, I always use the coconut bowls. They've never had ramen in them at any point. Now, that's a lovely idea. Uh, this from Paul is a bit more grim. Hair clip to dig out any dead skin and dry wax from my lug holes. Also, oh, the top man. cap of a big biro using the groove in the long, thin clip to gather any sticky. No, all right. Oh. I'm not really. No, that's just. No. Sorry, Paul. And sorry, everyone. Oh. Right, Louise, uh, let's find out what you're using. What's the item? It is a Parmesan grater. Um, not my discovery, by the way. Um, one of my, my male friends and I, whenever um, like had skin on your feet and tried all the different lotions and potions, and he called a few weeks ago to say that it's just a, a Parmesan grater and it works wonders. So Whoa. obviously I had to follow suit. <laughs> So let's just confirm. The line was a little bit crackly then. Just just to confirm that we got this correct, you have discovered that using a Parmesan cheese grater on your feet is actually beneficial. Yes. Like the Louise, I, ones. <laughs> Louise oh, I, hope oh, okay. you've got a, I hope you've got a good dishwasher. Oh, do you know what? It's in, it's in the, the pedicure box away from everything else. That's it's so purpose only. Wow, and that's one amazing thing to admit, though. We absolutely love this. What is your job in the daytime? What do you normally do? I'm a cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) You clean up after yourself. What? (laughs) What do other people that you know think of this when they find out that's what you do? Well, my daughter actually came downstairs a couple of weeks ago and took her actual cheese, the handheld cheese grater, out of a utensil dish. And she went, ooh, why is that in there? And I went, because it's where everything else goes. And she was like, no, but you use that for your feet. And I went, no, it's not. It's a totally different one. Oh, <laughs> so she thought I'd be washing it and putting it back. <laughs> well, remi- remind me never to have a spag bowl round at your house. Oh, <laughs> yes. Anyway, so. <laughs> oh, that's all right then. Dave in Canterbury, staying on the cooking, says you can do a fish wrapped in foil in the dishwasher. What? Do you know what? I think I might have heard of that before because it kind of ramps up to such a temperature. That's a good point. Love to see that in action. Jenny says, I only ever use our Nutribullet to mix pancake batter. Oh, I'm trying that one. I'm trying that. Uh, Sharon in Tamworth, potato masher to lift poached eggs out of the pan. I'm going to give that one a go. Well, it makes perfect sense. It's almost like one of those uh, theatrical seats that you might have in a pantomime or uh, or a ballet. Do you know what I mean? Rope swing. Here's the moment you've all been waiting for. Man, we've been looking forward to it as well. Do you remember Charlie from last night's show had an amazing maverick way of cooking shepherd's pie in a wok? We've had so many messages from you guys. We've got him back on to share his secret recipe and methodology. Pick up a pen and a paper. Here is Home Time's very own Lloyd Grossman. Hello, Bush and Richie. It's Charlie here from Chelmsford. Uh, thanks to everyone who's got in touch about my cooking methods. Here's my recipe for shepherd's pie done in a wok. Uh, So the biggest advantage of actually cooking shepherd's pie in a wok is the way that the heat distributes. So you can easily cook things in the center of the wok that need to be cooked while pushing stuff towards the edge that just needs to keep heated. You want to firstly start off with olive oil in the wok 
then you want to add your lamb mince, slightly brown them off, and then season with salt and pepper. Once that is done, you want to add in grated onion and grated carrot. Stir that in until they become into like a, a puree. Um, then add garlic that has been grated or pressed. Once that's done, you want to add in some Worcester sauce and stir that out to get rid of the sort of overpowering Worcester sauce taste. Um, and then once you have completed that, you want to add in a small bit of tomato puree right into the center. I like to break the tomato puree up into little pieces of rice. Again, that is quite a sour flavor. Um, once that's all mixed in, add rosemary and thyme, stir that all in. Then comes my favorite part, which is where you submerge it in red wine. Allow that to evaporate and soak up into the mince. And then finally you'll add some chicken stock to the mince and then put it in the bottom of a tray um, or a baking tin or whatever you want to use. Um, and then for the mash, I use a ricer because it mashes it properly. Uh, I add Parmesan cheese and egg yolk, stir them all together. And then you can put this on top of the mince once it's all stirred in together. Put the parmesan on top of the shepherd's pie as well, and salt and pepper, and then use a fork to fluff up the top. And then finally, you'll just chuck it in the oven for about 20 minutes, um, and then it will come out of a nice golden brown top to it. And then you've got possibly the best shepherd's pie you will ever eat. <laughs> it's an oven. He uses an oven. The, the what part of it is, is pointless. I, I could say I make shepherd's pie in a bucket. And then put it in the oven. Isn't that amazing? That guy, Chris, from earlier on, said he'd be furious if Charlie ended up putting that wok in the oven. That's exactly what he's gone and done. <laughs> Wasted a whole hour of the show. Now, look, we're not about to get all uh, current affairs and all that uh, on this show. That's not our bag. But uh, roadmap, definitely been uh, two of the words uh, of the week this week. June 21st, date in our diaries, dancing down the street, carefree. Might not end up being completely like that. But uh, we know that there's obviously a few bits and bobs that we've all got to jump through to make June 21st happen. We thought for the final hour of the show tonight, let's be a little bit more short term. What have you got to get through for the rest of the week for your weekend to go as you want it to? All right. What's your roadmap to the weekend? Forget about June 21st for now. What is your roadmap to the weekend? I'll give you a few signposts, which is my roadmap to the weekend. And I have to get through these things to make the weekend bearable. For me, it's deconstruct and destroy our walk-in wardrobe, get rid of it, then clear our bedroom out completely, then strip all the walls because they're decorating there from the beginning of next week. I'm up against a deadline. <laughs> you are. It's got to be, be done. Roadmap. It's an unmovable yeah. deadline. Uh, here's mine. Uh, we have been, for the, last, uh, for the last week or so, staying in my dad's empty flat uh, ahead of uh, moving back to our house uh, where there's been building stuff going on. Um, he comes on Sunday to take the flat back. Do you remember the old Yellow Pages advert uh, in the 90s bush where some lad threw a party and there was a scratch on the table and he realised it hours before? I've got to go round this flat making sure it's ship shape. Otherwise, there will be a big incident come Sunday. 
Well, do you know what as well? We've talked about this on the show earlier on in the week. In that flat, you've got the little model boat that your dad owns. Is is crystal uh, goblets that he keeps his whiskey in as well. A lot of things that could potentially be broken or cracked. So you need to double check. Reg says I'm currently uh, in quarantine in a hotel in Norway. Day seven of ten. I'm due to join a vessel. I've never looked forward to work so much in my life. Hopefully, I'm free by the weekend. Do you know what? I'd love to be quarantined down somewhere, just in like a one of them, like uh, old Marriotts or something. When we had a guy phone in, he was in padding round in an old Marriott, yeah, quarantined in did. like a he heavy toweling dressing gown. I've never been more jealous in my entire life. Uh, John in Bristol says, My roadmap to the weekend Wines Day, Thursday, Friday weekend. <laughs> I, I've got a real problem with people who say Friday, it makes my knuckles itch. Sorry, John. <laughs> Uh, Mark says, my shift finishes on Thursday, then I've got to go shopping. I'm cooking a Sunday roast as my bubble buddy is coming round. Better get some housework done as well. Hazel's on the line. Hazel, what's your roadmap for the weekend then? Well, yeah, it's um, just to turn the clock back to this morning and not go for a walk and break my foot. Whoa. So what? this morning you went out for a walk and actually broke your own foot. How on earth does that happen? Uh, well, I'm quite clumsy. I've broken my foot before and my husband and I were out walking in some woods. The path was covered in dried leaves and I just found, because it's me, I found this little hole and turned my foot over and it fractured. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got one of those lovely boots on at the moment. <laughs> so your roadmap to the weekend is actually looking very different to what you thought it was going to be and there's not much walking going on. That's right. None at all. <laughs> oh, no. So have you got, like, crutches? What is your... Because I've never broken a bone in my body, touch wood. But I, the oh, only thing that would be so good lucky. about it is either people writing on your foot or your arm on plaster or getting crutches or getting a no, finger bell I, so you can maybe we'll run around for you. Um, no, I've I've just got one of these big black boot things on. Um, no crutches or, or walking stick or anything like that. Um, and, yeah, I've just got to get around on it, really. And you haven't even got the fun of people writing on your plaster. <laughs> well, last time I broke my foot, they put plaster on me and I ended up with bruises all up my arms from the, the crutches. So I'm quite glad I haven't got crutches this time. So I, I think if you're using in a, in a conversation the last time I broke my foot, I think uh, there's a repeat <laughs> pattern going on here. That, that's the last time I broke this foot, which was about oh six my. years ago, a week before I was going to a wedding in Cyprus. And also, my one of my best friends, I was with the time that I broke my foot. She broke hers as well. And we went to the airport and to the wedding in big black boots each. One each. Wow. You can't make it up. <laughs> Question for you. How much is one of those projectors? Well, that is a good point. I, d- I don't know. I, I mean, I, they, they used to be way out of anyone's price bands you know what i mean like you wouldn't think of getting one in a million years but maybe they've come down a bit maybe it's a bit easier now i don't know 39 quid no 180p hd mini led projector is that the right thing you're joking no you're joking me. maybe it's not home theater 36 quid i don't i've been wasting all my time i've been thinking that the home cinema market is well and truly out of my price bracket i'm quids in Projector with projection screen, £89. Amazing. Amazing. 